Welcome to the Stephen Shields radio show. Today I've got Nick Bolton on. How are you, Nick? Very well, Stephen. Lovely to see you. Good to see you. What are you working on uh, acting-wise for yourself? Uh, quite a few things. Did, did a little uh, social media piece for a uh, um, for a, like a healthcare company this week. So some mm-hmm. gastro bands. So it's just a bit of modelling, I guess. Not that I'm a model. <laughs> um, and I've recently had a role in a 30-minute short uh, mm-hmm. called Mate, which I'm also producing. Uh, so we're in the final throes of post-production with that. Um, uh, what else have I done acting-wise recently? Did a little guest slot on Deadly Women, the uh, the uh, crime show. Um, so yeah, a few things happening, as well as all my producing and directing things as well. What inspired you to be an actor, Nick? What inspired me? I don't think anything inspired me originally. I think it was just more the fun, the mm-hmm. enjoyment of it. I started acting when I was about 12. Uh, I was a member of the Scouts back in England. We used to do an Eisteddfod. Mm-hmm. Eisteddfod is a Welsh festival that's a celebration of art and theatre and stuff. And we used to run an Eisteddfod once a year. And I always enjoyed doing that. And then I was always in the school plays. Uh, I just did it because I enjoyed it. And I just loved being with people. It's the same reason I love sport, uh, team sport. I love being with a group of people making something happen. And, and I love that camaraderie and, and that. It wasn't for artistic reasons or anything like that. Um, yeah, it was just purely for fun. And then I kind of, when I got to about 18, I, I went traveling around the world and so I came to Australia for the first time and then did uni. And I, 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 I left acting for about 10 years. Hmm. Um, and then when I moved back to Australia, I, I joined uh, Darlow Drama uh, in King's Cross at the theater to, uh, did acting lessons as a way of meeting people in Australia because my my circle of friends were all <laughs> pommy backpackers basically mm. and they were all moving back to England and I wanted to stay so I I, I did it as a, an interest but also as a way again to meet people and from there it, it, I just kept working at it and working at it and and got to where I am today. What was the most scariest part of traveling as a backpacker to Australia for yourself? Oh Christ, loads! I mean, I'd never been on a on an aeroplane before. Mm. I'm showing my age a bit now, but yeah, 18 years old. It was five days before my my 19th birthday, and I you know, I grew up in the north of England in Sheffield. Um, you know, there's no there's no internet when I did this, uh, um, and getting on an aeroplane for the first time, I was sat next to a guy, and uh, uh, we got really drunk on the aeroplane, and. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I arrived at Singapore at midnight and I just remember walking into the, the heat and the humidity mm. and, you know, I'd, I'd never seen Asian people before, you know, um, uh, and the language and it suddenly, I just felt really lonely and isolated, just like, oh my God, I'm in this strange town at midnight and I've got to try and find my way to this youth hostel that I'd booked. Um, but I got there, you know, and it was all right. Um, what was scary about traveling? It's just like the unknown, really. Uh, so many things went wrong, but so many things went right. It was, it was, I always say it's the best year of my life. It, 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 it's a bit of a cliche, but I, I turned into a man. I, I left as a boy and turned into a man because I had to look after myself for mm. 14 months, you know, and um, um, 
I, I, I taught me discipline of, of saving and cash flow and 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 what you can and can't do with the resources you've got. And of course, it opened my eyes to amazing cultures. You know, as I said, I'd never tasted Asian food growing up in Sheffield and, and just taste this amazing food and see these you know, ancient cultures, you know, to go to Angkor Wat when you're 19 is incredible, you know, um, in Cambodia. Yeah. When you arrived in Australia as a backpacker, did they were they asking where you're going, where you're staying, or they were like, oh, welcome to Australia? <laughs> oh, yeah, totally, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> come on in you know uh yeah um it was great i was i was fortunate that my one of my dad's best mates a kiwi guy uh lived in sydney with his family so gerard picked me up uh and it was a saturday morning or saturday lunchtime and i can remember driving uh he, he driven from the airport to epping in north sydney and we went past the domain and the home bake festival was on mm. and i'm a big music fan i just looked at that i went yeah I'm going to be all right in this city. <laughs> Have you since gone back to Sheffield since uh, arriving? Yeah, yeah. I, I, every time I go back to England, I go there. My my mother's uh, ashes are are there, so I always try and go back if I can when I'm back in England to yeah you know, be there. And uh, and I'm a big Sheffield United football fan, so I usually com combine the two in the same trip if I can. Mm -hmm. And uh, you've been to other countries, have you? Oh, loads. Um, Travelling's huge for me. It's a, it's a, I, I love any sort of travel. I mean, I've just been up to Newcastle with work for two days and we were filming in the hospital, which was, which was good fun. But we stayed at Caves Beach, which is half an hour south of Newcastle. And it's just lovely to be in this little community. Mm. I, just, I just love travelling and, and seeing new things and meeting new people. It's a, it's, it's a big part of, of, what, of what I am. Have you ever been broke when travelling? Oh God, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I was broke when I on that first trip when I arrived from Asia to Sydney. I was skint, uh, and luckily that guy Gerard, um, uh, Gerald, sorry, worked for Unilever, which my, my dad worked for, and he got me job in a job in the factory, um, packing packing food basically. And so I did. I I, I had to extend my stay in Sydney for another three or four months to save up the money mm. to. Um, to carry on my travels around Australia and then America. But then I ran out of money again in LA and that was the phone call to dad. And can you, mm. can you bail me out please dad? <laughs> so yeah. I nearly made the whole way around on my own, my own savings, but I had to borrow a bit at the end, which is all right. Mm. No, it uh, happens. And that's very scary when you're traveling overseas <laughs> is having the money to look after yeah. yourself too. Totally. And, and the, it's more for me, it was like, I didn't realize how much money I needed. And so there's loads of things that I couldn't do uh, later on in the trip. So, you know, when I got to Cairns, I did the scuba diving, you know, and um, the bungee jump. And God, it's just so easy to thro just throw all this money away on these, I mean, amazing things, you know, that scuba diving was a skill that, you know, I still scuba dive today, you know, um, done over a hundred dives. So I'm very glad I've learned, but it's an expensive thing to do, you know. Mm. And so I guess, I guess at 19, all those things just taught me, to evaluate what you can and can't afford and, and the value of whether to do it or not. And I'm certainly very glad to invest in learning how to scuba dive because it's a, a skill that has, I've been able to use all around the world ever since. Mm -hmm. And uh, acting wise, uh, have you ever gone close to Hollywood? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, I, I've been to LA twice 
and I'm very happy to go there as a visitor, but mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to live there. It's um, it's not, it's not, 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 it's not my my town at all. Um, but um, I I won best international actor at Short and Sweet Hollywood last mm -hmm. year, so that was that was lovely. Mm -hmm. Um, that was good. But yeah, no, I've got no ambition to move to America. If it happens organically, then we'll see. But crass, you know, I, I've. I've done a few films here in Australia and a few little TV shows, but nothing, nothing major, you know, so let's try and crack Australia first and then worry mm. about America. And uh, have you worked with any famous actors? Yep. Uh, who uh, in an acting capacity, uh, oh God, I'm trying to remember who they were now. Who was it in the killing? That was about eight or nine years ago. I've worked with, uh, not as an actor, I've worked with m much more famous people as a producer. Mm -hmm. In one month, I filmed David Beckham, Kevin Rudd, and The Pope. Mm -hmm. That's quite a big month. <laughs> 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 and I'll tell you a story about Beckham. If I could yeah. tell you a story about all three. But with Beckham, it was uh, about a year after he'd done the, uh, he got sent off for England, and he was like public enemy number one. I don't know if this if you, if you know all this but um yeah he was public enemy number one in england because he basically cost us our place in the world cup by being petulant you know and and, and the media and the and society turned against him because he was the glamour boy the poster boy with you know the model girlfriend and all that sort of stuff and putting fashion before football all that stuff and um so on that he, he was he was a motorola slash optus ambassador and he was doing an in-store appearance at 10.30 on George Street. And we were, we were filming him and we had to be there at 9.30. And, I, and by mistake, his publicist gave me his call sheet for the whole day. And by 10.30, he'd already done about seven interviews. Yeah. So he'd basically woken up at 5.30, gone to the gym, over breakfast, had an interview, had another interview in the car from hotel to first appearance did the appearance interview, had another interview in the car to the, to the Motorola one, yeah? And he walked in and he came up and he shook us all by the hand, introduced himself, hi, I'm David. And we, of course, we knew him, you know, I'm a massive football fan, so I'm trying, trying to hold it together, <laughs> you know, be professional. And, and he asked, right, what, what, what do you want me to do? Where do you want to go? And he was so professional. And then he just turned it on, the presenting ambassador bit. He was in store for about 10 minutes. And then he said, Is that, do you need anything else? Is there anything else I can do? And we were like, no, we're all good. And he, at the end, thanked all the crew and walked out again. So we, I was in the same room with him for about half an hour. And my God, he taught me a lot then about being on time, treating every job professionally, uh, befriending everyone in, you know, in, in, the, in there, making sure that we got what we needed. And it was just a, it was a masterclass in, in what, media training is you know mm. yeah because david beckham he he was getting his name on his football boots during the world cup as well and he yeah, always yeah. have a different set of boots every time he played i think it was yeah. adidas that sponsored him yeah as well what's david beckham doing now because he went to play in uh, la for a for a he went i think to real madrid and when he yeah. la is he still playing yeah, but he He's, he's packed he's packed up playing now but he's now uh he now he's now an owner of a new football team called inter miami mm -hmm. so they uh they they 
launched last year. They've got Gonzalo Higuain as the centre forward. They've just appointed Phil Neville, uh, the, his old Man United teammate, as the manager. So he's obviously doing that. He's still a UNICEF ambassador um, and got lots of brands, associations to his name. Uh, he's made a few documentaries. He's made a great doco of him and his mates um, motorbiking through South America a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And of course, his Victoria's fashion label is doing really well as well. So I don't think they're short of a pound or two. Mm. Yeah. And you mentioned you saw the Pope as in Kevin Rudd. Tell me about the Pope. Well, that was an amazing, amazing project. We were, uh, uh, we had the contract for all content for the Catholic Church of Australia. Mm-hmm. And uh, every three years, the Catholic Church has World Youth Day. Do you know World Youth Day? Yeah. Yeah, it's like their Olympics, if you like. It's, uh, so a host country holds the World Youth Day banner for three years. And in, in the third year, uh, they have a 10-day festival in, that, in a city. Prior to that, the cross, is, it travels all the way around that country uh, and have, you know, a program of events but anyway it culminates at world youth day and basically uh, the, the catholic community from all around the world uh, come to that city for celebrations etc uh so we were filming all of that and then the church asked us to go to the vatican to rome to document the transferring of the cross from australia to where was it was it spain or mexico might have been Spain. I think it was Spain. It's going back 10 years or so now. Um, so we had an amazing, amazing time in Rome for a whole week documenting this. We met Cardinal Pell several times and filmed him. And we were taken to these amazing churches that were like um, straight out of Dan Brown. You know, the um, what's the book called? I haven't read it, but The Da Vinci Code. Yeah, Da Vinci Code. That's it. Yeah. And Angels and Demons and all that sort of stuff. It was just mind-bogglingly beautiful and then we um on the last day uh, well then we were taken into the vatican the day before the ceremony and we were shown around the the sort of some of the pope's private quarters and filmed in there and uh filmed him there and then on the last day was the handover in st mark square and we we that was with thirty-five thousand people and we we filmed that and uh that was, that was an amazing week really good i'm not i'm not religious and i'm not catholic but it was a it was a real privilege to be part of their celebration of of that week you know and just a, a joy to i mean rome's my favorite city and it was just amazing to be uh shown stuff that tourists wouldn't be allowed to see you know what about kevin rudd what was your experience with kevin rudd yeah i've got i actually got quite a bit of time for him actually um uh it was um it was coming up to the election. And so uh, he did all these minister debates uh, online, live streamed through YouTube. It's just when YouTube had started their live streaming. And our previous company was a YouTube, the pr- preferred premium YouTube live streaming partner. So uh, our team were often down in, in, in Canberra. And it was great. It's another example of uh, treating people respect. Kevin got to know all our names you know, he started calling us Nick and Tim and Dean and Connell. You know, that was that was that was good. You know, he was prime minister, um, and look, he was he was an absolute pro and very helpful. And um, it was very interesting seeing him talk, his off-screen demeanor and his on-screen demeanor. When he was like, I actually preferred his off. 
when he was just speaking from the heart, he spoke beautifully and eloquently. And then when he when he started reading his script, it was kind of it just felt like it was someone else's voice, you know. And that's what his obviously his advisory team had put the script together, and he had to read those things. And that was an interesting example of why I always prefer speaking from the heart. It's more more uh-huh. effective. What uh, have been your not so great moments as an actor? Four <laughs> oh, not so great moments. Uh, forgetting your lines on stage is uh, is always horrible, mm. uh, and working your way through that that's not very nice. Um, I've I've never done a role that I wouldn't that I I wish I hadn't done because I, I'm. I wouldn't do that. I guess. I guess at a more amateur emerging levels where you've just got uh, people that are inexperienced and don't have the, the experience to deal with the stress of when things go wrong, basically, whether this is film or theatre, and not te- treating everyone with respect, you know. And so it's it's more about the dynamics of the team that I don't like, which doesn't happen very often. I mean. The more professional levels you get, everyone is exceptionally professional and courteous and on time and allows everyone, uh, each department to do do their job to the best of their ability. It's usually at the lower end where, um, yeah, the no dickhead policy isn't adhered to, you know, and, mm. uh, and people are disrespectful and shout and scream and get stressed. And then, yeah. then it's not fun. Uh, having fun is a, is a very big a very big driver for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what have been your best films that you've played in? Well, there's lots of things. I mean, uh, probably the thing I'm most proud of is the film The Road to Vagator because I wrote that and it was a, without giving too much away, it's a homage to my mum. Mm-hmm. And it was a beautiful film to make. It was made with my wife and I. My wife, Jess, is a cinematographer and, and director. And so we set ourselves the challenge of could we uh, make a narrative film in in the five countries we were going to. So our honeymoon was in India, but um, my dad was ill and we felt we should go back to support him. So our five and a half week trip took us from Sydney to three nights in Hong Kong, a week in England, two nights in Dubai, three weeks in India, and then a night in Dubai and back home to Sydney. So it was just purely a creative challenge. Could two people make a narrative-based film in five countries, which is thematically and locationally interesting, because most short films are done in a few locations. Um, and it was, it was originally just meant to be a, a, a visual document of our honeymoon, but in a narrative format, uh, and obviously a tribute to my mum. And I wrote this script and we had no idea whether we'd be able to pull it off or not because it was quite ambitious and, you know, just two people to make a film's a bit bit much uh, or not enough, you know, not much. Um, but anyway, we did it and we got it back and our editor, James Vass, did an amazing job in sifting through all the stuff and we stitched it together and it came out really well and it just started winning film festivals and I won a few Best Actor awards and... Um, you know, for something that was just a creative exercise, for it then to actually have a have a a, a, a presence, a, a permanent presence, is lovely. And it's, you know, it, it, it 
the production values are okay for what it was. And we shot it on one DSLR and mobile phones and GoPros, but we polished it up really well. And it's, it's a beautiful story. And most people shed a tear at the end. And most people say they reflect on their relationship with their parents. And so that's what I love it when you work on a project that, you know, has a, has a deeply personal effect on people. So uh, that's, I mean, that was an, an, an amateur thing, but it, um, cause it's such a personal story for me. That's probably what I'm most proud of. On stage, uh, sorry, on stage, one of the things I was really proud of was two years ago doing 1984. I mean, that was a pivotal book for me. I read it when I was about 16 and it really helped shape the way I view the world and view media, having worked in media all my life. Uh, And the Winston character, of course, is totally iconic. And I was fortunate enough to play that at the Rue Theatre down in Shell Harbour two years ago. Community theatre. Um, 200 seater, we had some good houses. And for me, it was uh, a big challenge because a lot of what Winston thinks about is internal. So trying to express that externally on stage and be physical was hard. But the the, the other main thing for me was um, I was on stage from the first minute to the last minute. So to be on stage for two and a half hours was physically exhausting, mentally draining and emotionally tough because I don't know if you've read the book, but for the last half hour, I'm being tortured, basically. So, um, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd come out, come off there and just at night and I'd be absolutely flawed, you know, for two and a half hours of intense concentration. So mm. I, was, I was quite proud of getting through that. If you had one dream actor you could work with, Nick, who would it be? Or... Um, uh, who would it be to, to work with? Um, Steve Bashimi is incredible. He's a chameleon. Ewan McGregor is probably my, the guy I aspire to. He just always seems to have fun, Ewan McGregor, and he's got a great range. Um, uh, Francis McDormand's incredible. Um, Oh, there's too many. I think I'd actually probably want to go for someone who's a lot older, actually, to work with because they'd be able to teach me so much. So, you know, God, to, to be in a dressing room with Ian McKellen or Chris Plummer, who recently died, or, you know, someone like that. Judy Dench, Maggie Smith, you know, they've seen it all. Yeah, someone like that, you know, just not necessarily to work with, but just to, just to chew the fat over over a meal, you know? That would be incredible. How do you get through the tough times as an actor, especially in 2020 with the coronavirus pandemic? Well, look, I mean, I, I generate more most of my revenue through my production company and, um, you know, I have multiple revenue streams. Um, so my wife and I, Jess, we run 10 Alphas, a production company. So we're making lots of TV commercials and corporates. Uh, I, that's how we know each other is, as a creative industries business advisor. I work for Creative Plus Business run by Monica Davidson. And that is, that's beautiful uh, intellectually because I get to work with lots of wonderful creative people and trying to help them in their business. Um, I sit on the board of Screen Illawarra. So whilst that's not, not a paid job, it's a, it's a a stimulating one trying to build the screen sector down here um so i've got my acting as well you know and so i'm, I'm quite fortunate now that i have all these 
jobs that are all around the creative sector. Sometimes I'm acting, sometimes producing, sometimes directing, sometimes advising. I teach as well at afters and the Sydney Film School. So I've just got this really rich and varied life around creativity and art and film. Um, as an actor, um, yeah, uh, you know, I've, I've got an agent, which is great. But, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not reliant on my acting skills to pay the mortgage and, you know, um, but it's funny since during COVID, I've, I've, you know, it gave you a, a time to slow down a bit and reflect. And I realized that acting is the thing that I love the most out of it. And so that's why I reached out to try and get an agent, which I did. And, you know, I've, I've, in the last year, I've, I've had a renewed love of acting and doing a lot more of it and, and certainly something I want to do more of. Uh, as I as I get older, and uh, with when we had the pandemic last year, there was a lot of production companies that have shut forever. Um, I know in Melbourne it got hit hard, yeah. Hollywood too, but they I think they've just started going back now to film as well. Have you known a lot of actors that have been affected? Oh, everyone, absolutely everyone. Like, like when that lockdown hit on um, March the 23rd, I know that because it's the day after my birthday, um, by, we had about half a million dollars worth of work booked and by March the 30th, it had all gone and we had zero work in the pipeline and it was terrifying. Um, we were fortunate, we had a bit of, of post-production work to do on a couple of big projects which kept us going for a month and then a government client of ours got special dispensation for us to make a few TV commercials and because Jess and I are married, um, that kind of helped, you know, uh, from a pandemic perspective. So that that, that certainly helped. But, um, you know, like, it's, it's, it's common knowledge that the creative sector and especially the, the, the casual worker just got flawed because they mm -hmm. would get job keeper or job seeker. Uh, and um, it's hard. so many people I know have, have had to go and get other non-acting jobs uh, to get through it. But you've also got to give Morris and, and the government credit because they did a much better job of dealing with the pandemic than many other countries overseas, including England and America. Their governments did an appalling job. Um, and, you know, we're pretty much back to normal now. So what was it? Nine months, really? Um, yeah, uh, and and look, there's so much work now in Sydney and Queensland in particular. I mean, the Screen Queensland are doing an amazing job in in stimulating the economy there. And yeah, yeah, you, you can't get into Fox Studios now. The studios are all booked. You know, with the Marvel films. Um, what's it called? Yeah, can't remember. Um, so there's loads of work here now, you know, like it's really, everyone's working full time again. So it's, it's really good. Mm. Yeah, it was. Uh, did you at one stage have to go on the JobKeeper yourself? I, I am on the JobKeeper. Yeah. Yeah. That so we, 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 we've lost about 45% of our revenue um, over that period of time. So Jess and I have been on JobKeeper. Yeah. That runs out next month. Is that End of March. Yeah. yeah. After the after when that runs out, is that it, or do you have to then go find your own work? Yeah, totally. 
you know, and, and, and I'm, I'm quite comfortable with that because I say we're, we're getting close to that, that 30% threshold now and the, the, you know, the work's returning. So I actually think it's a, it's a good for, for me. I mean, there's a lot of other less fortunate people, but for us, I'm cool with that. I'm, I'm, I, I feel supported by the government and I'm very grateful for it. And, uh, and it can't carry on forever and, and nor should it. I mean, we're, we're, we're pretty much on top of COVID now, you know, and the processes and protocols are in place to stop more, um, cases happening there's the odd one here and there but that's about it really and you know everyone's just going when when you do get a, a case it's shut down properly very quickly and eradicated so you know i i ain't got a problem with them stopping it end of march i think it's the right thing to do they've got they've got to rebuild the economy they're in a lot of debt and i wouldn't be surprised if some tax increases and i've got no problem with that either because they've supported us and it's time for the population to support the government a bit now have you known anyone who's had the coronavirus, Nick? I've not known anyone, but I've known friends of friends and indeed people who've died. Yeah. Mm. yeah. You know, it's pretty bad. Uh, I was speaking to a woman in uh, the UK. They've gone into a third lockdown over in the UK. Yeah, well, my, my family are there and my dad is in a retirement home and he's um, hardly been outside for three months, you know, he's 81 years old and... You know, he's, he's incredibly stoic and I'm amazed at his um, positive outlook. But my God, he must be bored. Mm. My brothers haven't seen him because they're not allowed to. You know, there's only one. It's only his, his care worker who's the uh, approved bubble person. So only one person's allowed in to see him because he's high risk. He's had the vaccine as well. He's had it twice. So what, that's, that's if I may ask, what's your father think of the vaccine? Oh, it's no brainer. It's like, he's so glad he got it straight away. Yeah. Because there's people yeah. that are skeptical to uh, take it, take a fresh batch like myself. I'd probably wait till they improve it a bit. Are you the same or would you go and get it? Uh, I'm, I, well, I'm, I'm needle phobic. So uh, <laughs> any excuse not to, not to take an injection, I will avoid. Um, I'm, I absolutely don't believe with the controversy theory. I think that's, ridiculous uh that there's an i have a little concern that it was rushed through but weighing the and look i'm not a scientist or a medical i've got very little knowledge of it but to me the the the, the pain of not rushing it through would be greater than what the side effects might be so um you know a 75% chance of it saving my dad's life and I get to see him again. Yeah, I'll take that. I may, I may never see him again. You know, it's probably the same 2024 is the first time I fly to England. You know, I may never see my dad again, mm. you know? And so if he can have the vaccine and it helps him improve his chances of, of living longer. Yeah. I'm cool with that. But I also, I'm not, I don't have any uh, underlying conditions. Um, uh, there's, there's more, there's, there's, many more people that need to have the vaccine before I do. All right. So I'd much rather them get it. Uh, if, if my work meant I had to travel overseas and I, then of course I would get it. But, um, uh, being, being a wimp when it comes to needles, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll put it off for as long as possible. That's the only reason. Cause there is talks. The government's going to, I think, make a green card. And, uh, if, apparently if you don't take it, they won't let you travel overseas. 
that could be a law in the future. You know, it's a bit scary to be honest with you. Not really. I mean, like when I went traveling uh, around the world, I had to get yellow fever and and mm. and malaria vaccines, or I wouldn't be allowed into those countries. Mm. Is that the same? I'm glad they're doing it. It's good. Mm. I, I I don't want don't want to be going to lockdown again. So I hope yeah, it's I your hope choice. It, to I hope it does work. That's that's my concern about it yeah absolutely and and of course there is that risk but um i, I don't know what the risks might be i I've, I've not not read enough of it so but um yeah if you're getting 70 or 90 percent efficacy stop people dying that's that's pretty good to me mm. nick it was a fantastic show with you today where can people find you on social media yeah, Nick Nick Bolton, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn are the ones I use the most. Facebook's probably the biggest one. Uh, check out 10alphas.com.au, T-E-N-A-L-P-H-A-S. Uh, people in the Illawarra and Wollongong, check out Screen Illawarra. Um, for creatives interested in getting free business advice, check out creativeplusbusiness.com.au and indeed Business Connect, the government website as well. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, love to hear from you.